Welcome to another <laughs> Saturday morning Sam on Flange. I'm Matt. I'm Mickey Mouse. <laughs> hey. Hey. hey! Hey, so this is one that everyone's tuning in. Go, did yeah, Matt watch and or no? No, he did Now, here's the deal. We did not. And all the radio knobs switch off. I don't think Wes. Usually we do crossover episodes, yes, but Wes said. Didn't Wes tell us he did not watch the series and he just wasn't going to watch it? That's what I'm so curious Because we had about. talked about doing a crossover yeah, we with both of y'all here uh, uh, last time y'all were here. Crossover with because we did do that with Mandalorian. Yes, and we did it with uh, the other Star Wars. But I, and, and Wes, if if I, I if I misspoke here and you did, I apologize. Maybe. But I, I I thought you said you had not seen it and were not interested. That's so surprising to me. And and, and, and I hope I'm not putting. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I may have misremembered everything. But I believe that's what he said. So. We're going to do this well, just with have you. Him on the podcast and have him correct you. Yeah, that's fine. Talking about something else. I'm Bruce sure is already that. mad that I did the Flash without him, even though he's never available. But <laughs> he's never available. He's never available. Like yeah. I said, okay, dude, come over this week and we'll do some Prince of the Universe. Can't busy. Okay, then don't squawk yeah, about right. you missing out on the podcast. Exactly. It's not like I'm keeping you away from it. But anyway, yes. um, you wanted to talk Andor. Andor. I don't know anything about Andor. You I don't know, know who Andor is. It? I don't even know who Andor is. You don't have to know I, who he is. I know zero about New Canon. And but but I mean you, you you haven't heard anything since. I don't know who Andor is. That's okay. Like I thought Andor was a planet. Because <laughs> it's close to Endor. Is what I saying? don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's a person, obviously. Sure, it is a person. Yes, it's the lead titular character is is, okay. a, is about Cassian Andor. Yes, okay. exactly. And you watched this? I did watch it, and I I've been sitting but, on this for a while now. So. And a short synopsis on Yene, so everyone who hasn't seen previous po- podcasts, uh, Boba Fett, yay or nay? Just quick. Uh, yeah, Boba Fett was a nay, nay, nay and a Mandalorian. Nay. Uh, Bo- actually, Boba Fett I liked way more than Mandalorian. Mandalorian was no, 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 got good at the very end. Okay. Like, decent enough television and, at the end. Boba Fett I liked right from the off because it And was, then went down. And, and then it kind of fluctuated throughout. Have you seen the other TV, and Star Wars the TV reason, shows? Yeah, I've seen them all. And, oh. and the reason I liked Boba Fett is because they did something different. Like, okay. it wasn't your typical well, uh, hand-it-to-me kind of flavor. What other TV shows have come out for Star Wars? Oh, God, I don't know, dude. Don't I don't know either. Like, I don't know. Anything, I can't. Uh, like, the Star Wars. Uh, okay, I so. I guess it's all kind of mixed together. Maybe it's just been those two. It's really just been Mandalorian and Boba Fett because they've kind of intertwined yeah. with each other. Yeah, I don't. Because, honestly, in the latter half of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian was the main character. And so yeah. they were very much crossovering with each other. Oh, there was an Obi Wan show and an Obi Wan show. I forgot right. about that. That's right. Which was okay. also uh, man mostly miss. Okay, mostly uh, miss. But it's just right. because it was pandering and it so was just nah, man. It was yeah, all right. Yeah, you don't know, need it. Was, it, but right. it has good moments. Andor, go. Andor, on the other hand, is and and I want to open this up by making a Star Trek reference. To, uh, to I a, love it. Go. So I love here's this. The best thing I, I can tell. You. <laughs> so Star Trek six is the undiscovered country and it's with captain kirk and the original crew it's their last movie that they did together as a whole crew and you've got the bad guy is uh uh, christopher Plummer, who quotes shakespeare and klingon and it's just a brilliant film from start to finish if you don't know a dang thing about star trek you don't have to know it's just a fun murder mystery plot that happens to take place in the star trek universe it is a standalone movie that works great all by itself yeah Andor is very, very similar okay. in that regard. It is a standalone, excellent spy thriller show. Okay. Excellent intrigue, plot character building, world building, everything building. You don't have to see a single moment of Star Wars to appreciate this show entirely separately for what it is. 
That said, it certainly gives it more flavor. If you have seen and read all the Star Wars canon and everything else, we get to see the ISB, like the Imperial Security Bureau, for the first time. Okay. You get to see the white uniforms. You get to see how much colder they are than the regular Imperials. You know, you get to see the cruel brutality and what they handle versus normal Empire yeah. stuff and everything else. So, like, that's just one example of all the things that you get to see maybe for the first time. But truly, I would recommend Andor to any person that just likes good drama television outside of star wars you mm. do not have to see a single one of the movies to appreciate it mm. and that is that is where i think they genuinely launched the story from that i think it was written by non-star wars fans oh. i really think it was just like they poached a couple of really good writers who just happened to know some Star Wars stuff. Or they did like Star Trek. You know, Star Trek writes their episodes that way where they just write a good script and then they bring in the experts, quote unquote, who are really just Star Trek nerds and know how, <laughs> you know, because you've seen... Know the, how a series works. You've seen the, the scripts. Like they write a script and then they're like, I don't know how to what the word is in the Star Trek world, so they just put the word tech in parentheses. And they fill in the blank. Captain, we got to repolarize the vertebron. Got it, got it, got it. Like the writers of the script, the screenwriters don't write that. They bring in other people. They bring that to the fan. They just say, Captain, we need to tech and then to be able to kill the Romulans or whatever, you know. And the fan geeks fill in the gaps. Andor could have been written like that. It, like I doubt it. I very doubt it. It's not quite that hokey in that fill-in, but it's written by a, a crack team of excellent writers is what I'm trying to say. And it's just a dang good show. Um, that also said, the other Star Trek thing I wanted to say first is that, because this leads right into it, right now I'm listening to an audiobook uh, that I think you would be very, very interested in. It's written by Andrew J. Robinson. Do you know who that is? Does that name ring a bell? It is Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Oh, really? Yes. So he wrote a book uh, uh, from Garrick's point of view. And it's all about Garrick and his childhood and who he is. And he's such a mysterious, fun character. Oh, interesting. Because he's the secret Cardassian Obsidian Order spy that you really don't know a whole lot about. And Dr. Bashir becomes friends with him in the it's beginning. and then such a good character. And he's not fleshed out on purpose. Like, it's very mysterious. Hey, you and, never know yes. if he's helping or exactly. he's secretly le- the, doing things for his own purpose. Yes. And and I was so happy that, that like, the opening quote or the, the, the preface to the and, show or to the, his book is, uh, is, is a conversation between him and Bashir. It's my favorite line that Garrick has in the entire series. Which is, but Garrick, are all these things true? Everything you said, are they all lies? And he says, "Oh, it's all true, Doctor, especially the lies." And yeah, like, what? And, and that sums him up so perfectly. It sums up. And, and by the way, he is a great. Ca- now you're going to. I want to talk about Deep Space Nine now. Garrick is a great character. Yeah, he's a great character, and his relationship with Bashir is excellent. Another reason why I absolutely love Deep Space Nine. Absolutely, I can't Uh-oh. get the picture to pull up, but that's him right at the top. Yeah, the there he goes. It just dropped on yeah. Audible like this month. So it's like I was that, one of the first people to get it. It was because it was like the day after it released, and I was like, "This is terrific!" And I'm a huge chunk. It's really long. It's not just like a little 200-page thrown-together BS thing. It's a full-fleshed-out story. Now, I would recommend it to you. However, I just realized in this moment that you wouldn't like it. And it's the first reason, person. It's first person. I know. 
And I knew it because the reference... When you said from it's his point of view, I knew. The comparison that I was going to make was the Red Rising series, when I don't think you read Red Rising, because that's mm. first person as Yeah, well. I just can't get into it. And that's fine. I understand. And I, I'm i disappointed by that, and I'm sure a lot of your fans are disappointed by no, that, I'm sure. because there's so much good Star Wars, I'm sure, and Star Trek now, at least this, that... The, the, what is it about the first person thing you just can't get into? I just, I don't know, because the classics, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, sure. uh, Dracula... Of what's another one I read? Frankenstein. There's another one too. Uh, sometimes Sherlock Holmes is from Mr. Uh, yeah, Watson's Mr. point Watson's of view. Point of view right. uh, from Watson's point of view, I don't mind it when old school did it. Yeah. But the newer versions newer feel stuff. like Dear Diary, and I just don't get into it anymore. And it's so weird that I can do a classic. Yeah. Any of the classics I can read, I, I've read these more than once. Yeah. You know, I will read Sherlock Holmes all over again. Way. I will read. It just doesn't hit the same way when it's done today. Interesting. It feels like that's a tired uh, right. way to tell stories. You should try a different way. All right. Well, maybe maybe because a lot of fan fiction is first person. Maybe. And I feel maybe. like that that's amateur that hour. That that's amateur it. hour. Here's and and you're right. And I could I could definitely see that, and that would give me bad vibes too. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I have read some bad fan fiction too, and I'm like, oh. And most fan fiction, in my experience, has been yeah. first person. And the beauty and the reason I would recommend this book is because it's not uh okay so i just told you just before we started recording i love how we're not talking about andor keep going we are talking is, about andor oh we are no yeah. we're talking about deep space Nine. We this were is great just talking about star wars eu and legends and how i've right. been reading a whole lot more of the older prior to the podcast we were talking about this by the yeah. way don't rewind it folks you didn't miss anything oh, no, 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 no. prior to recording <laughs> yeah prior to recording that I was the pre-show. I was telling you that you had made like jokes about stuff on uh, what's the name of your Meg versus Matt. Meg versus or, Matt. Or Matt versus and, Meg. I can't remember yeah, what it and is. And then I was making a joke because, or you had made a joke about uh, uh, Winter Ak Akbar, Akbar yeah. and Winter doing a thing. And you get and, it now. And I, I had no idea, but I've just read that book. Not like the kid ago, so from I Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You're like, I get it. Yeah. French class. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I know who Winter is, and now I know who Mar Jade is, and now I know all. The yeah, you get all the. You're trying to get these. Mar Jade was, but yeah. that's about it. He knew who Admiral Akbar was, I probably. Knew who Admiral he's a, was, of course, because yeah. he's in the originals, but I didn't know who Winter was. And he didn't and, know about these relationships and, and, and stuff. I didn't know and about these moments that they spent on these planets. Inside and, book and jokes. Stuff like Luke always drinking hot chocolate. Now I get yeah. that. You know, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So uh, those are 300 pages, usually less, maybe, and they're just kind of they're quick, they're easy, you can just cut right through them, and they're kind of formulaic to a point. They've got a few little twists in them, and they're nice. And, and they're a good time. The reason I've been listening to a lot of them is because I adore Mark Thompson, who's the narrator. And he's a brilliant voice actor, does all the characters and everything else, and it's just terrific to listen to, and I'm trying to emulate him. But now that I've learned more about it, like the, the different layers of the Star Wars series start to pop up, you know, because you've got some that are just... Exactly. They have more intrigue than others, and some that are just very... <coughs> just a cut above fan fiction or something like that. And this... Stitch in Time, back to Deep Space Nine with Garrick, is so layered and complex and depth and detail, and he brings out things that it's so interwoven, just like the character of Garrick is. And I'm like, who better to bring this story to life than the guy who played Garrick? And and he, he's got a great delivery. He's got a good narrating voice. Like, I, I'm listening to it on Audible, and it's just fantastic. So Yeah. And it, it's funny because you said who would listen to this. I did. I have listened to a few audiobooks. The uh, 
uh, Spock versus Q or something it's called, oh, where I've Q appears that. before yes, Spock, yes, yes. Q and, Spock and they have a, they're playing their characters yeah. and they're talking yeah. to each other. Nemo and, and Johnny Lance. Yes, and it's man. it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. I I, I, I can't. Uh, my my friend who turned me on to the expanded universe by accident. No kidding. Uh, was the one that let me borrow yeah. her audio tapes tapes back then. Cool. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Spock and Q, but it's Leonard Nimoy and John Delance, where Q appears before Spock. And teases with him, and Spock's using logic yes. against Q's. Sort him out. For, for thinking, and it's just, it's well written. Yeah. But both of them are just so well ingrained with their characters, I would not be surprised if some of it's ad-libbed. Oh, that'd be great, too. But it's, it's wonderful to hear these two masters of, I mean, honestly, characters who were just in no the Hall of Fame. Do, yeah, no one else could do those characters. It, like I that. mean, you're looking at, <laughs> this is... This is Hulk Hogan versus you know Stone Cold Steve Austin or something. This is like this is like two mega names from two giants, different eras coming together in a head-on, and you gotta you gotta you gotta listen right, to that. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Doug. So all of those similarities brought to light. Like I say, the thing about Andrew Robinson and, and the depth is because that's a lot of what Andor is. It is the people who know and love Star Wars, but didn't they don't pander. I never felt pandered to for one single moment in this entire show. The reason I didn't like Obi-Wan, the reason I didn't like Mandalorian, the reason I didn't like um, Boba Fett is because there's too many moments where they just put it on the screen and they're like, hey, look at this. This is a Star Wars thing that you're going to get a kick out of. you know." And it's just so in your face. Some of it's more subtle than others. Some they did a better job than others. But right. there isn't a single reference like that anywhere in Andor. They never once just throw something That's good. Out. Literally the closest they got, I, I made a note about it, because the closest it got is that Alexander Skarsgård, so first of all, the casting... Is A plus off the charts. Excellent. Okay. I mean, you, you approve. Movie actor quality and okay. movie stars. Like, okay. movie stars are in this show. So, top level casting, first of all, and acting. Alexander Skarsgård comes in and he has a line that is a, could be a throwaway line or something else, but where is it right here? It's the only, like, here it is. So the symbolism from it, because Skarsgård shows up and he's got on a robe and everything else and he's got like a cane. And just for a second, you see the flowing robe. He's walking down the street coming towards uh, the city center or whatever. Just for a second, you get a brief hint of it's Luke coming into Jabba's palace, like the silhouette. Yeah. You know, and you see him just coming in. You're like, is that a freaking Jedi? Oh, that's Skarsgård. And he's just, got <laughs> his, like, he's just got his walking stick. But just the framing of the shot with the angle of it was just like, what? Is that a Jedi? But then you see the symbolism is that he's pre-Jedi Jedi, you know, like he's not a Jedi, but he's everything that a Jedi would be in this particular timeline. So this is right before episode four takes place. So the year before, probably episode four, is the is when this show, I think, starts. It's okay. the year before or right before. Right before. Form, in that rebellion era. Rebellion is forming yeah. still. Okay. So like Mon Mothma is a character. She's doing her own thing on Coruscant still and hasn't been, you know, she's still in the Senate, basically, is what's happening. So I don't know right. how far close that is to the actual rebellion happening. It might be a few years back early from episode four, but... Clearly, all the puzzle pieces that lead up to Episode 4 are in play. 
So right. Mothma's happening. The rebellion doesn't officially exist yet, but it exists on other accounts. You know, they see they allude to Mothma like moving a lot of money around to the to where it needs to go, and people getting suspicious that too much money's disappearing, and that they're coming to do an inspection and all sort of stuff. Gotcha. So, so it's leading time. up to the leading event. Leading up to Gotcha. Four. And then, so you did see the the movie, uh, or did you see the movie? Um, where everybody dies at the end, where they steal the Death Star plans. <laughs> is that what the movie's called? Everyone yeah, dies at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Spoilers. Know. No, I didn't you see. You know what I'm talking about though. I, I, it was like Rogue One. It was the Rogue first, One. No, I the never saw that. No, never so, saw any new movies. But go that, ahead. That, a lot of people do love that movie. Though. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It has its good moments, but it's similar. If there's any movie that it's similar to, it's kind of like Rogue One because okay, Rogue so it's got One, that feel. You, yes, kind of. Okay, the, but Rogue One is about them stealing the Death Star plans, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is about what would happen to these real people in this real situation to make them make this real rebellion? Because when we started out, when we find out with episode four, like you just got good guys and bad guys, this just leads up to how would these people have realistically been forced into this situation to make this rebellion against this mm-hmm. overbearing galactic empire kind of thing. And uh, so the symbolism with Skarsgård is very brief. It's just simple foreshadowing dialogue. So he says something like, you will ultimately die fighting those bastards. And he's talking to Andor. And, of course, he will because about everything with the rebellion, it doesn't matter. The point is, he says, <laughs> it's just delivered so, so Got well. It. The acting, you said, A-class. Off the charts. And he says, "There's an in, in, this is the only... Uh, like not pandering, but the closest thing they got was Skarsgård said, uh, "There's an increase in construction shipments going to Scarif, sir." And that was it. That was the okay. end of the line. And then it's like only people who have read the books or know that Scarif was where they constructed a lot of the Death Star, or that were I don't know, maybe it was where they built the whole dang thing. But that's about it. Little references like that is as far as they'll go. And so if you're just watching it, you don't care. Like if you've never seen a minute of Star Wars. So what? It doesn't make any more importance. Right. You could show. just it, it's a standalone, it like you said earlier. No difference whatsoever. And so uh, construction shipments going to Scarif, sir. Cut. Boom. And then that's and it's never talked about again. And it doesn't have to be. And it's so brilliant. Yeah. Skarsgård is uh, he's performing a masterclass half the time because he's playing a double agent. So basically, he's getting the rebellion started, but he's also working in the Alan Coruscant as an art dealer. So that's his front business. And it shows a scene where his ship is pulling in. He's just finished plotting this big thing against the Empire. And then he pulls into Coruscant, and he has to get back into character and there's a moment where the camera is just on him and there's silent no dialogue and it's just him in front of the mirror and he's putting on his prosthetics and his makeup and he's putting in his fake teeth and he's putting on his jewelry because he's a salesman now and then he just he looks in the mirror and he's like practicing his little moves and go, ah, yes welcome and then he tries it again welcome you know and he's like practicing this character he's getting in you talking character. to me you, you're talking That's to me? That's exactly what he does. So you're talking to me. He does it in the mirror. No dialogue whatsoever. And then he, he lands on the planet, gets out of the ship, boom, different character. He's like a salesman full on selling pottery and antiques and okay. all that kind of crap. And it's really just a front so that he can have meetings on Mothma and say, hey, here's what we did. Here's what's going right. to go down and all this other kind of stuff. Undercover. And, and so the whole plot of the show is this Cassian Andor. He's uh, kind of a mercenary for hire, you know, hard on his luck kind of thing. Not mercenary for hire. He, he goes through some crap at the beginning. And then through desperate circumstances, he gets recruited to be a part of the, uh, a part of the rebellion's plot to steal the imperial pay, 
pay, uh, the, the payroll for an entire sector. And so they're going to steal the whole sector's uh, payroll for that. Uh, that's the highest it, yeah. that they're doing. So they're basically planning this it's heist. heist to get through this. Yes, it's a heist job episode. Okay. And so they've got all these rebels that are already planted on the. They've been on the planet for weeks. You know, getting all this ready. There's like six or seven of them, and then they're down a man. And so Andor comes in, and he's the seventh man, or something like that. And so they've all got this very meticulous, detailed, planned out thing that they got to do to steal this money. And I, look. I never thought that I would be studying a Star Wars show for acting tips because oh, wow. I mean there's such subtle like they turn the they turn the camera on they let the dialogue stop and they just keep it on the actors and there's so many solid just beats of acting with their face and their their body language their emotions and you can see it and it reads so so well especially like with the ISB the girl playing the lead villain ISB agent, and there's backfighting and infighting between the ISB with each other. You know, they're all biting over each other's heads off and trying right. to get each other in trouble because they want to be promoted and all this other crap. It's very exactly okay. what you would want the ISB you to be. And and I mean, it's people cast from Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and like you said, A-listers, terrific, good subplots, terrific acting, the lighting, okay. the cinematography. Oh my! Freaking charts. Oh my! Heap this. heaping on the praise. I mean, I can't tell you how well made <laughs> the show is. It is so good. So well now made. that I'm thinking about it, I think Wes did see this. I think he hated it. Did he really? I, I, Wes, I, I apologize a million times. I can kind of hear Wes saying it was awful. Oh, but I'm the thing is, though, by that. the thing is, though, the thing, the thing that I love about both of you, y'all have polarizing views on every show. It seems. <laughs> It is so weird because I do not tell one or the other what you know what you like or dislike, but I think you have the exact opposite views on Mandalorian. Bo- uh, yeah, we did. Book of Boba Fett, which I found interesting, yeah. and it, the the conversation didn't get heated. It was very cordial, on and off. Of course, there, which is what I love about you guys. But uh, I think he has seen this, and he did not Man, like that's, it. That's so hard to believe. But but again, I I just all these shows kind of run together for me, and I don't know what's what. So did this show just come out, or come out like in the past year or so? It or was in the past year? Yeah. Okay, okay. It's so it's fairly recent. new. It was the least popular, probably okay. by the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I can't even tell you. It's so terrific. Like the last couple okay. of notes I have, then it's just that. Okay. Yeah. Um, the writing is superb and mimics the real dialogue that people would have. It's just not a silly plot device using words that no one would ever say. So, like the ISB girl I was just talking about in episode nine, she says, "Do you want to go?" Yes. No. Like, and she changes her mind, and it's just it feels so raw, so natural. It feels like improv. It, it's probably just really tightly written stuff. But the, it's so natural. It's naturalistic Star Wars. That's what I think puts people off about it is because you see the Star Wars heading and you want something not naturalistic. You don't want Game of Thrones when you watch Star Wars. This is That's what this is. It's kind of like Game of Thrones in a Star Wars universe, but without the dialogue and the swearing and you know things that make it R-rated. So it's still the Disney show in that regard, but, but the the quality of each episode is just a movie into itself. Like an absolute all-star took their time and really wrote it out and made it uh, beautiful and brilliantly written and intriguing because it layers on itself. You know, it stacks and it's stuff that you find out later that you wouldn't know, even if you have read every Star Wars book out there, and that even if you did, you're not uh, at an advantage. And then later on... I'll go ahead and spoiler this. Yeah, uh, go ahead. If it's been out for Andy Circus shows up near the end. So Gollum, and who's a brilliant actor in his own right, 
Um, he shows up as the warden of the prison that Andy Serkis gets sent to. And, you know, they stage a big prison breakout, and it's very carefully constructed. It's very raw, and it's just so good. And they finally get out, and, and then they realize, like, they've been in this prison for however many years. Andy Serkis's character had no idea that uh, they were in the middle of, like, an ocean. So it's kind of like Alcatraz. Like, you get outside, and you're finally outside, but then, bam, there's, like, miles of ocean everywhere. So, like, what are you going to do? Andy Serkis's character can't swim. And so they've oh. gone through all these two, three episodes of, like, we're going to do this prison oh, break. No. They finally get out at the end, and he says, I can't swim. And he oh, can't do it. God. And he just, he's left there. And then Andor gets oh, pushed wow. off by, by the prisoners rampaging out of the door. And it's just such a heartbreaking moment because you've had this, like, oh, they're going to get out. They made it. And you care oh, about no. him at this point. And then he's like, oh, I can't. I'm, I'm right here, but I can't do it. Because he's wow. not. He'd be drowning. So is this a one-and-done story? I'm hoping not. I think oh, okay. not. I, yeah, like I said, I They did leave it open for a... Uh, uh, open. I think the ratings dipped, and now you've got the strike happening. So it's 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 debatable. Maybe dead in the water it by may now. Maybe dead, but I, I'm pretty sure that they left it open. Uh, and and that you expect more. Like if if ever, all things being considered, uh, all things equal, it would have expected more of it to be. And I don't know. It just feels so much like I talked to you a little bit about. I don't know if we talked about it on air or not, but like Indiana Jones as well. Like the first Indiana Jones movie and the second and the third, um, they're fantastical and over the top. But you feel like if somebody was just really that lucky. It could have happened. Like, he could be an archaeologist. And there's some stuff he goes through that's kind of like, all right. But, like, it could have happened. Like, with a lot could of... Could have, yeah. And True. in the beginning of Indiana Jones 5, within the first five minutes, you're just like, okay, that never, ever would have happened. And no human could survive that impact, even if they did get lucky. Like, it's just so implausible from the first opening salvo that you just set yourself up for, like, oh, for... F you just... <laughs> Then it's a three-hour slog of like, oh come on, like it, yeah. it just it just loses its credibility in the first five minutes. And I get what they were trying to do; they were yeah. trying to tell us like, hey, this movie's going to be ridiculous, and this is going to make sense. And they tell you that off the bat, but that that ruins it because yeah. the, the opening of Indiana Jones, like he's running from the boulder, but like I could have done that if I was in shape, and there's nothing he did that I couldn't do, and that's kind right. of the appeal, right? Yeah, and uh, so with Andor, it's very similar; it's very real. It's set in a Star Wars universe, but it feels like it could really have happened. And when I say that, it's not just the story, but the actors play it as if this is really happening to me. This is the real situation I'm in with this empire and this oppression, that everything else that we're doing. This rebellion feels like it's supposed to happen. Like anybody in this situation would also have a rebellion started. And that's what I love about it so, so much, is that it makes the rebellion and Star Wars feel legitimate so by the time episode four rolls up and and you've got this whole fight going on i care so much more about that little cruiser running from that imperial star destroyer like it matters so much more now because i want the good guys to get away because i know what they had to do yeah to get to this point absolutely and they just like oh will they please get away next saturday morning sound flames telling you it's worth watching so you're going to watch Ahsoka? <laughs> of course I will. I'll probably hate most of it, but yeah. What do you think of Ahsoka? I don't know anything about Ahsoka. Don't know who she is? No. Should I? 
I don't. I mean, I mean, she's in Clone Wars. She's like Anakin Skywalker's I apprentice. That, I, I know that. I know that. I've I've seen the Clone Wars. I, I haven't seen the, Clone the old Wars. the first six yeah, seasons the old or whatever. Stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But now she's gonna I'll be live action because I like Grand Admiral Thrawn, and that's the draw. Is he in it? He's. That's the thing. She apparently. Is Maybe I knew to find that and Thrawn. forgot. I know. Yeah. So, Will she die in it? Well, that's the goal. Right. Is to kill her off? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the point, though. Is that if she's looking for Thrawn, if that's her big motivation. There's no way I'm not going to watch that show. Even if they screw up Thrawn. Even if they screw up Thrawn. Who's playing Thrawn? I don't know. I, I deliberately oh. don't want to watch it. Do you think he's going to look weird with a blue face? you think he's going to look like a Smurf? How are they going to make that look real? <laughs> I, I mean, you got to be honest. The blue face paint's what they got to do, right? red eyes? He's like, going to look like the, what, one of the members of the Blue Man group with hair. Oh, no, look. They made okay. that, that, that bounty hunter look so good and... and Oh yeah, you like that bounty oh, hunter. Um, I can't remember his name. You bounty asked me, but there's not much of him, and oh, unless he's in the, uh, he was good in the. Uh, that was far and away the best uh, part. Kate, of the, Cad Bane. Cad, Cad Bane, yes. Cad Bane, dude. Yeah. That was yeah. Cad Bane's a good character in the Expanders. Just scene, terrific. terrific. Love him. He's a Doros. Yes, that's yeah. it. That's it. So yeah, they can make him look real and look good. So you think they can make Thrawn? I think look they real. can maybe do Thrawn. Who else is going to be but in they're this? They're going to have to so. get Mark Thompson to voice it, or to get somebody who's the, oh. like the original, the OG voice. Who did the? OG? Oh, you want the voice acting, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, you've listened to the audiobooks. So I don't that's know. What I'm saying, who did Thrawn? I don't. I don't. I never listened to the audiobooks because okay. back then they were abridged. Mark Thompson is the voice of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like now they're he, making them unabridged. He is the commander. Uh, he's got such a perfect. So it has to be him. To me, at least. I don't, it's oh, be you're not going to like it, though. Anybody. Who's playing Ahsoka? I don't remember. Don't have the first. Ros, 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 Rose Dawson? Rosalind? Yeah, Dawson, yeah, yeah. What's she like done? That? Don't have a clue. Don't okay. Have. I deliberately don't watch the okay. lead-up to stuff okay. like this. Because okay. I don't want to spoil it for me. Okay. I, That's coming out soon. I'll just though. watch that next Saturday. Morning. Sam Flash. So did you watch Rebels? I don't think I'm ever going to watch Rebels. That was Rebels. like a... You don't watch any of the cartoons. I can't stand it. Didn't they have some other cartoons too? They continued Clone Wars, well, but I never watched that. They that Clone Wars that was totally done by a different animation team that was like almost no dialogue. That was about the troopers, uh, about Rex and the... the, the, like the uh, oh! Uh, Bad Batch. Yeah. No, never it saw wasn't that. Bad Batch. Was it, no, no it was there was probably, another one. It was like one of the first things oh, wow. about the clone troopers that okay. were... BA, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, and I think it was Rex. Is that the Okay. Yeah. Is that canon? Yeah. Is him? I, I don't I don't know. I, I, the first 6 seasons of Clone Wars was both shares both canons. Either way, like there's like this whole episode where like Yoda goes back and he's commanding all these troopers and like most of it is just a really good anime and it's just no dialogue spoken. It's just the Clone Wars. Oh, no, 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 that's like, the that's the Samurai Jack guy. Yeah, that's Jinji Tartofsky. That's a really good yeah. series. Oh, it was terrific. He used to come on every Saturday. That's morning. Sam of Flange. <laughs> <laughs> 